0: Go down south and, and uh, spend some time. Ron Corzine and Ann were having their fiftieth wedding uh, celebration, fiftieth anniversary, excuse me, and uh, so went down there to. I, I I can't pretend like that's the only reason I went. That's the business reason I went. Uh, I did get to do some hunting while I was down there. Um, if you're here this morning and you're anti-hunting, <laughs> sorry, no, 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 take take solace in knowing that that uh, there was a number of families that. Uh, I mean, just some families, they, they didn't have, wouldn't have had any meat in the, in the, uh, in the refrigerator and the freezer this, this whole season, and, and I was blessed, God blessed me to be able to provide for them. Um, but uh, it was a great, great trip, loved doing it, had a great time, but it's, it's always good to be home. Uh, home is where the heart is, home is where the wife was still taking care of the kids, so it's, it's really good to be back. Uh Uh, We're jumping into a a new series this morning that uh, I've entitled Emmanuel, (coughs) excuse me guys, (coughs) Um, and we've entitled it Emmanuel, and I, I, I think that there's Emmanuel, it, it, this, this word literally translates. You'll see it written two different ways in, in scripture, either with an I to start or with an E to start. and It, it really just, it's, it's the same word. It's just dependent on whether it was written in the Hebrew or, or derived from the Greek and written uh, in, in the Roman, Roman days. So it, the same word, but the word itself literally translates as God with us. Now this was a, a concept that was, was foreign. And, and even to this day, I, I don't think that we grasp just how huge this really is. No longer is this just some God that's out there. No longer is this we have to have a, a little idol that we pray to or we worship to. But, but all of a sudden, this was something different. For the Jews, this was, this was something monumental because no longer was it I have to go into the Holy of Holies. I have to go to the temple. I have to sacrifice. And, and, and God is in, in this room where none of us can go into it was God is separated from humans. And in every other religion, that's the way it is. It's, it's God is always separate from people. There's, there's a disconnect. But all of a sudden, when, when Jesus was born... And you read in, in Matthew, it's the, the Christmas story, you read in Matthew, and, and he's talking about his name shall be called Emmanuel. He was referring back to Isaiah. And, and Emmanuel was, there was something different. This was gonna be God with us. No longer God out there, but now God that is, He's he wants a personal relationship with us. Uh, and I, uh, again, that word, we're gonna get more into it over the next couple weeks. But it, it got me to thinking about, that word and, and how there's, uh, Brandon here, when we started our prayer series uh, a couple weeks ago, he, he started off the first week and he, he mentioned a, a, uh, an old hymn by the name of It Is Well With My Soul. And I, there's some of us here, if you grew up in church, you sang that song, but to know the story behind, and he mentioned the story behind It Is Well With My Soul. And, and when all of a sudden, when you hear the story behind the song, it, it kind of elevates that song just a little bit more. And, and I started realizing as well, so the same, there's a lot of carols we sing this time of year, Christmas carols. We sing all these different carols, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and, and we don't really understand the, the background behind it, the story written behind it. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to go over a couple different carols with you and, and basically, man, just enlighten it. That way when you're singing a Christmas carol, no longer is it just, okay, now we're gonna, it's time to sing our Christmas carol. But it, it really does mean something to you. You hear the story, bring some depth behind uh, what it truly means. Today, as opposed to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, what I want to talk to you about, a carol uh, is a carol that was written, written in the mid-1800s. In the mid 1800s, there was a French priest who uh, wanted a poem written to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, again, being the story of Christmas. It was in the days of Caesar Augustus. He issued a decree, and so th- this this priest wanted a poem written. And so it, it just so happened that within the town that this French priest lived, there was a man by the name of Placide Capo. <laughs> that guy. And and, uh, the interesting thing about about Placide is is he was a well-known poet, but but more so than a poet, what he was known for is is he was a a merchant, not just any merchant, but but he was a wine and spirits merchant. He was an alcohol salesman. Um, On top of being an alcohol salesman, not only that, but he he was not a Christian. There was nothing about him. He didn't even attend church, wanted nothing to do with church and And you have all, uh, the the priest goes and uh, approaches Placide and says, "Listen I'm, I'm really wanting a poem written to Luke chapter two and, and it, the story goes that there's multiple versions. Placide says that he wrote it while on a stage coach. There's others that say it was when he was back in his own home, but but all of a sudden he started writing this poem, kind of taking into, into consideration Luke chapter two and, and writing this poem out and and he ended up loving the poem so much that he took it to a friend of his who was a, uh, a musician and said, man, we've got to put this to music. And so all of a sudden, this poem became known and, and the church, it, I mean, it grew immediately and the church started singing it and, 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 and it grew outside of that little town and, and churches all over were singing this particular song until a few years later they, they found out who had written it. It was, it was a man that was not a Christian, a professed atheist, he was, he was an alcohol salesman. And so they tried to ban the song, they tried to quit, and we're, not, were no longer going to listen to this song, and, but it had already taken off. And I want to read to you the lyrics of this particular song. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared. And the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night divine, the night when Christ was born. Another interesting story about "O Holy Night" is that uh, this was it was in 1906, some 15 years, uh, 50 years, excuse me, 50 plus years after the song was written. Uh, there was a man who was broadcasting the very first AM radio broadcast. And what he did is he opened up his Bible and he read out of Luke chapter 2. He kind of rigged up his own little broadcast stage, radio radio unit and, and he broadcast and he read into the microphone Luke chapter 2. And then he pulled out his violin and the very first song ever played on the radio was on the violin was Oh Holy Night. Um, I look at Luke chapter 2. Uh, I, I look at the story of Christ. I, I think about... Uh, the manger scene everything everything that we know about christmas and, and I wonder if we truly truly grasp the depth of what all was going on, of what all that night really meant, oh holy night, the stars brightly shining and as as I ponder the the manger scene i mean we we have this beautiful manger set there was a, a couple here in the church that purchased each one of those. Uh, Uh, Pieces last year. Last year, I think we used some. You know, there was like a, a fake baby Jesus, but this is the real baby Jesus this year. And, and it looks so pristine. It looks so, yeah, I mean, you know, everything's just nice and perfect. And, 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 but when you read the story and you think about what really happened, I, I remember that was Caesar Augustus had, had issued a decree that everybody had to return to their hometown, to their homeland, and, and had to, uh, they were taking a census. And so here's Mary, unmarried, teenage girl Mary, nine months pregnant nine on the back of a donkey traveling somewhere between 80 to 120 miles on a donkey nine months pregnant they get to town and <laughs> this isn't in scripture this is my interpretation but joseph goes knocking on inn number 1 inn number 2 inn number 3 and i can only hear in mary the exasperation just the you've got to be kidding me you didn't call ahead and get a reservation <laughs> I mean you knew you knew where we were going and, and Joseph in his mind not out loud thinking if we didn't have to stop every 5 minutes to go to the bathroom I would have been here and could have got there's i <laughs> this whole moment between Mary and Joseph and just the 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 the, 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 the I can't even truly grasp what this night held. I don't believe that it was as serene as, as what we see here, you know, everything just picture perfect. In fact, we, we see a, a manger, a stall, you know, and it was really pretty, and they had actually set the hay out just right for Jesus, but, but what it truly was is, is it was a cave, a cave where animals took shelter from the weather. So there was a cave in the rocks that, that was just there, and animals would go in. And that's, Nobody went in and cleaned it out every day. This was a cave where animals had been going to get out of the weather for years. I, the, the stench, the stink, the, everything about this moment was, was not what you would exactly want to give birth in at the moment. I, it's, and yet, there was still something about that night that there was a thrill of hope. There had been a people that for hundreds upon hundreds of years, they had, they had prayed and they had heard the prophecy from, from hundreds of years before Isaiah saying, there will be a, a child born unto a virgin. His name shall be called Emmanuel. He's going to be God with us. And, and, and they had prayed and they had cried and they had waited for this moment for a Savior to be born. Now, in Old Holy Night, there's, there's a phrase that I want to, Zero in on in the song. There's the song. The song saying, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. But then skipping down a little bit, you read, it says this, a thrill of hope, a weary world. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And again, written somewhere in the, in the mid-1800s. And, and, and yet, even though written so long ago, I, I look around at, at today, at our lives, It it, it, what we go through, and, and I wonder if we're not still the same weary world. It may be a different weary than, than what they experienced 150 years ago. It may be a, a different weary than, than what Joseph and Mary I- experienced. But, but today, is still the same. I, I think a lot of us live in this, this weary world. They say that, now I, I mentioned it as we were going through the prayer series. They say that this particular time of year, what is supposed to be joyous, what's supposed to be uh, a- excitement, is, is known for having more suicides, more depression in people's lives than any other time of year. A weary world. And I, I think that line so accurately describes a lot of our lives. We're busy. We. We have a lot going on and and in the busyness and in all the excitement, what ends up happening is is this appearance of excitement, but behind and underneath it's it's a depression it's a hurt, it's a pain and, and there's just too much going on and, and we don't know how to cope we don't know how to handle but it we sit there and look at at all that we deal with and it's it's, it's overwhelming the anxiety the the, the economy, is it, is it going up, is it going down, what's gonna happen? Relationships, this time of year, is, there's more stress on relationships than there is any other time of year. There's always some sort of uh, disease or illness that you're reading about, or, or, or worse so, you're experiencing firsthand with, within yourself or within a loved one. Families struggling. I, I think that a lot of us are, are fighting just to stay above water. And I think that we truly can, I would say most people in this room can relate to the phrase weary world. A weary world. But what I love about this song is it starts, it doesn't just you know sit there and hammer on a weary world, but it says a thrill of hope. There's, there was something else, there was a tinge in the air, something was different. There was a thrill of hope, a weary world that rejoiced, a hope that That maybe, maybe today, maybe this is the day that the Messiah is born. In the chaos, in the weariness of this holy night, there was a thrill. And on that day, what would happen is everything that would be different. No longer was there some far off God that that, that you could only worship in the Holy of Holies and you had to tell somebody else about what you needed to worship about so that they could go in and pray for you. But now there was going to be God with us. Everything would be different. And I I pray this morning that whatever it is that you're going through, whatever issue it is that you're dealing with, whatever weariness that's making your life, making your world crazy, that this morning you would find that thrill of hope, that you would find reason to rejoice. Because even in weariness, the chaos of the night, the darkness, the hurt, and all of it, there's there's always a new and glorious morn. Because a day with Christ changes everything. A day with Christ changes everything. This morning what I wanna do is I wanna actually back up uh, into uh, early in the Old Testament, as you're reading through Scripture, there's a book called Lamentations. And Lamentations was written in 580 B.C., somewhere around in there. So 500, almost 600 years before Christ. And, and, and what you have is, is Jerusalem had just been defeated by the Babylonians. The Babylonians had come in, completely conquered the people, and, and the Jewish people were lamenting. They were, they were hurting. They, their, everything that they knew, their history was being completely destroyed in front of them. And, and so there's, there's this angst, there's this worry, there's this weariness in, in all that they're going through. And there's a prophet by the name of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah himself, even a prophet of God, is too lamenting. A lot of people sometimes sit there and, and believe that as a pastor we, we live our lives all, you know, roses and, and fairy tales, but so the same, Just you know, we're all real, we're all people. And just the same, this prophet of God was, was lamenting, he was crying, he was hurting so bad. And what he does is he ends up writing out his lament, his lamentations, onto paper. And as you're reading Lamentations and, and this worry and this hurt and this angst that they're going through, all of a sudden you get to chapter 3, and, and there's, there's a little bit of a switch, a little bit of a change in his tone and what's going on. And I want to pick up in Lamentations 3, starting in verse 20, and he reads this. He's, he's pouring out in this, this, mo- this moment, this morning of moment, and he, he all of a sudden changes, and he says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Again, I, I want you to understand what he's not doing is, is sitting there and trying to whitewash the hurt. He, he's, he's acknowledging that, there's some, that there is pain. He's acknowledging that there are issues that we deal with. He's acknowledging that, that there's things in the physical that we walk through daily that we don't like. He's not trying to say, okay, well, you know, that's not really happening. I'm standing in faith. Nah, la 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 I don't see it. I don't see it. It's not that. He's acknowledging that it does exist. The pain is real. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. This I call to mind and therefore I have hope. He he says, I'm I'm remembering. I think a lot of times what happens in our lives is, is we get so caught up in the weariness that we don't think about, we don't remember the good things. We've talked about it here through the last two series that we've done through, through the prayer series and then before that in our Through the Valley series and, and we talked about one of the keys is, is thinking back, it's remembering what God has done in your life. It's looking back, and and so it's very easy to get caught up in everything that's going on and to see nothing but the physical, nothing but the hurt, nothing but the pain, nothing but those who've left you, nothing but the the depression, nothing but the sulking, nothing but the hurt. And and you get so wrapped up in nothing but that that sometimes you have to stop and bring to mind, bring to the front, bring bring to right in front of you, in front of all that, you know what, yet I will remember what God is doing in my life, therefore, I have hope. He continues on, he says, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. Everything around us, our history, our, everything that we thought was us is, is being ripped to shreds, our, our buildings, our monuments, everything is being torn down and, and yet we, we are not consumed. We placed all our hope in, in these things, but, but, but we're still here, we're still alive. We're not consumed because his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And then he says, God, great. It's this moment of praise, it's this moment of worship. He says, God, great, great is your faithfulness. Again, in the physical, he's in the middle of a moment where he's now in oppression, he's now in slavery, he's now, his, everything that he knows is being destroyed and yet, and yet he takes this moment to say, no, you know, no. I bring to mind who my God is, Lord, Great is your faithfulness. Your compassions never fail. They're, they're new every morning. And then he continues on. He's reminding himself, he says, I, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is my portion. It's amazing what a new day with Christ can bring. It's amazing what all of a sudden, changing your perspective, changing your outlook on life, when all of a sudden salvation occurs and you realize there's the old is dead. Behold, all things have become brand new. Something is new inside. There's something amazing that happens that only a new day with Christ can bring. I want to show you this morning three quick truths that I see through these scriptures Picking up with number one, what I want to show you is, is a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Now, now hear me. What I did not say was a new day with Christ brings everything you want. What you want and what you need can sometimes be completely different. And the truth is, I, I can't thank God enough that I haven't always gotten what I thought I wanted, which was what I thought I needed. There's been many a times and I've prayed, God, this is, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is what I need. And, and, and all of a sudden, through circumstances, through sets of events, I get it, and only to realize, wow, that was not what I needed. did didn't work. But God, a new day with Christ, will always bring exactly what you need. In Lamentations 3:24, I have it up there behind me. It says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. My portion. Now, uh, when you read this, what he's referring to, when Jeremiah the prophet is writing this, what he's referring to is, is segue back to years before with Moses. Moses and the Israelites, they've, been, they've left Egypt. They've gotten out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. They've crossed over the Red Sea. But now, all of a sudden, they're in another weary world moment. They're, they're wandering the desert for 40 years. And yet, even in the wilderness, even in the desert, God said, I will provide for you daily. In that particular circumstance, what would happen is every morning they would wake up and food from heaven, which in scripture we read, it's called manna. Manna was on the ground and people would go out and they would gather up the food that they needed for that day, their portion. Now, if they got greedy, if they tried to gather up more, well, what, what, what about tomorrow? What if the manna doesn't come tomorrow? I'm going I'm to hoard up, I'm going to gather more than it is what that I need for today. Well, everything that they overgathered would spoil, would rot. And so every day, they were taught the lesson to trust in God for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will come. And with tomorrow's come, God will provide everything I need for tomorrow, tomorrow. But today, God will provide. What did did Jesus say? We read about it in, in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our. Come on, one more time for me. Give us this day our bread for tomorrow. I need, I, need my, I need my bread for tomorrow, right? Give us this day, my bread for tomorrow. No, give us this day our daily bread. Everything that we need, God will always provide. God will always provide. There's never any reason to sit there and, and, and to worry, even in the weary. Why? Because God is with us. He is Emmanuel. And and with that, all of a sudden, we realize that that. God will give me what I need today, my daily bread. I recall to mind, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. So this morning I would say to you, is, is your marriage struggling? What I hope that you understand, what I hope that you realize is God is your portion. He is what your marriage needs. Personally, are, are you feeling weak in life? Or are, you, are you feeling downtrodden? Are you feeling weary? Are you feeling like, man, I don't know that, that I can make it through this? I would tell you, God is your portion for today. He is what you need. His strength made perfect in your weakness. Corey, I, I, I'm feeling depressed. I don't know that I can make it through. I, I, again, I would say God is your portion. And what he does is he is your, your joy. Scripture talks about he's the lifter of your head. He picks you up. All of these things. Why? Because a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. And what you need is always going to be his strength, his portion, his power, his goodness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion and therefore I will wait on him. The second thing I want us to realize is a new day with Christ brings us hope. It's so easy, again, to get caught up in, in everything that's going on, and especially during these seasons, during these moments. And, and, and we get so caught up in the hustle and the bustle and, and, and the worry that we lose hope. But, but every day with Christ is hope to keep going. The thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. It's the belief that there's a new morning coming, even in the middle of chaos. Chaos even in the darkest of nights. In verse 25, that same chapter we read, it says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. I, uh, I heard a phrase once, uh, it went like this, it says, we can live 40 days or so without food. We can live eight days or so without water. And we can live four minutes or so without oxygen. But we can only live a few seconds without hope. And yet, I think there's so many of us, people that we pass in our own lives that are, 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 are struggling to survive, trying to survive in a hope-deprived life. And I, I'm telling you, you can't. When you put your hope in the wrong places, you, you, you're gonna see that you get failed. Put your hope in the stock market and, and it may let you down. Put your hope in, in your business, and in, in what's going on, in my job, in my security, and, and, and you may get let down. If you put your hope in, in somebody else, if you put your hope in, in a person, you may find that, that they could turn on you. They may not come through for you. If you put your hope in, in a particular outcome and things don't go exactly the way that you thought they should, you may not get exactly what you thought should happen but the reason is we're, we're all putting our hope in all the wrong places. Wook and penub and all the... Guys, look, when you put your hope in the wrong places, we end up hopeless. And we become exactly what, that, what, that, what the, uh, Carol talks about, a, a weary world. There's a, another scripture I want to read to you, Hebrews 10, verse 23. It says this, let us hold unwavering, Let us hold steadfast. Let us grab a hold of the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. His mercy's new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let us hold unwavering to the hope that we profess. Let us grab a hold of it and and not let go. I think the challenge today is there's, there's too many of us that are letting go of hope. Again, we, we get surrounded, we get so encompassed by, by the weariness that we don't focus on anything else. And, and, and Jeremiah is telling us, he's like, look, guys, you, you have to recall, you have to bring to mind, great is thy faithfulness, So God, my Father. But instead of holding on to hope, what we end up doing is grabbing hold of fear, anxiety, getting caught up in the darkness, the worry, the weariness Letting go of the truth of God and hanging on to all the lies that, it's, that surround. When what we need to do is the exact opposite. Man, let go of fear. Let go of anxiety. Let go of stress. Let go of panic. Let go of worry. Let go of doubt. Hold on to the hope that we profess. We've got something different in life and we, and we, we sit there and we praise and we worship and then we walk out and we immediately, oh God. No. No. Man, hold on to the hope. Hold on to the hope that you profess. God, but, but I don't see it in front of me. Huh. Guys, I, I, again, I, this time of year is harder on people than any other time of year. And, and I, I don't want to miss this point, this opportunity for you to grab this. There's people in here that need to grab a hold of hope. And, and, and you're saying, "Oh, Corey, you're just trying to make it sound simple." I, I am. I, I'm. I am. And I realize there's there's true pain, there's true hurt, there's true there's true things that that the darkness that people deal with. I, I I do. But man, I pray that you hear that you realize that, that the, the darkness only is there for a moment. The morning will always come. That like Corey, I've been in this situation for years. I've been right here for years, and. Look, I, I'm telling you, hold on, hold on, hold on, because, because the sun will rise. Don't let go of hope. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't, don't cash it in. Don't check out. Don't, don't, don't. It may be dark, but I can always promise a new day is coming. Don't give up hope. A new day with Christ can change everything. A new day with Christ can change Everything and it brings us the hope to keep going. The third thing I wanna to touch on this morning that I, I see through these scriptures is that a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. Again, we look for help in, in so many different, different facets, so many different aspects of life. Verse 26 says, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You see, I think a lot of times in the quiet, we get worried that it's quiet. And so we try and fill the void. We try and fill those moments with hustle and bustle. And it's the hustle, it's the bustle that then end up producing the weariness in our life. And it's the weariness, the darkness, the worry that all of a sudden we sit there and, and we're all caught up and, and, and don't know where to turn or what to do. It's good to wait quietly. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how far from God that you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in life that you think distances yourself from him. I'm here to let you know that every single person can be saved, can be forgiven by God. You can't begin to fathom what a difference one day with Christ can make. Throughout scripture, as you read story after story, you, you, you realize the, 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 the scriptures that, that all of a sudden talk about receiving, one day with Christ, the help that people were seeking, looking in, in wrong areas. You look at the story of Lazarus. Lazarus dead for four days, and, and, and the people had given up. They were done. They, after three days in Jewish culture, your your, your, body's, your soul has left your body. It's over. It's, all hope is gone, and, and Jesus arrives on the fourth day, and he looks at the tomb. He looks at the stone, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. All of a sudden, I would say to you that I believe Lazarus would say, man, one day with Christ will change everything. You look at the story of uh, uh, the, There was a woman with an issue of blood. Twelve years, twelve years she was she was constantly bleeding. And and, and in that particular day, again in their culture, um, you were unclean if there was any blood on you. And so not only were you unclean, but but anything you touched, anything you touched as well became unclean. So you could no longer go to to uh, to the. Uh, to the temple. You could no longer go and, and ask for forgiveness. You could no longer go and and, and so this woman was completely ostracized. I, I the the pain that she lived in. The people couldn't you couldn't be associated with her because again, if she touched you, you were now unclean and so you couldn't go to the temple. And so you'd have to become cleansed before you could then go before God and and so all of a sudden here's this woman with this issue 12 years she dealt with this issue. 12 years, scripture talks about as you read through, through both versions, Matthew tells a version, Luke tells a version, and as you read, you realize that she had tried multiple different, she had paid for, for healing, she had paid for treatment, she had, she had gone to all these different people to try and fix this issue, just so she could feel normal again, so she could belong one more time, and, and all of a sudden, after 12 years, she hears Jesus is passing, and, and she, she covers herself, she risks, she risks the scorn, she risks everything, and, and again, remembering, Everybody she touched trying to push her way through to get to Jesus would have been considered unclean. She pushes through the crowd, she touches Jesus, and immediately she's healed. But now remember, this isn't some God that we have to go visit in a temple. This is Emmanuel. This is God with us. And so now Jesus looks at her and says, your faith has made you well. There was something different. There was something different about this moment because no longer did, did she have to go to God to the temple, to, to some far off God to be healed, but now one day with Christ and, and her life was changed, all of a sudden God came to her. He was now God with her. He, was, he wasn't just in the temple, God. He was, he was something real. Emmanuel, another man for 38 years, born lame since the day he was born, unable to walk for 38 years, and they had set him beside a pool, the pool of Bethesda, and he, he, he would lay beside the pool, and it was said that, that if the pool murmured, if the if the, if the waters moved, that, that if the first person in would be healed, and, and so there's miracles happening around him, but because he can't walk, he can't get into the pool, and so he lays there every day having just understood I'm hopeless. I can't make it into that pool. Nobody will help me get into that pool. I am where I am today, and it's where I'm gonna be for life, and he laid there laying. And all of a sudden, one day with Christ changed everything. Gave him exactly what it was that he needed. Gave it exactly what it was that, that, that you know, gave him a restored hope within his life. It gave him exactly what it was he was seeking, not in the way he was seeking it, but gave him exactly what he was seeking. I believe there's people here this morning you're in a weary world right now there's there's hustle there's bustle there's family issues there's there's job issues there's there's everything that's going on and I'm telling you there's a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice a new and glorious morn is coming you may look at your marriage and think it can never be the way it should be or what it should be, but I'm telling you, man, one day with Christ can make all the difference in the world. You're here this morning, and, and, and you're sick. You've read the doctor's report, or, or you've got a loved one who's sick, and, 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 and in, in, in the physical, in the natural, it, it looks finite. It looks over, but we serve a God who's a healer. It may not come exactly the way that you wanted it to come, but I can tell you, my God heals and whenever he heals, the presence of God, his goodness, it's amazing. It's, a, it's amazing the difference that one day with Christ can make. Some of you are in darkness, hurt, whether it's a, a, a literal darkness or, or whether it's a spiritual darkness, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever it is, you, there, there's, there's just this surrounding. And, and again, it's very easy to get caught up in, in what you can't see the hurt, the pain, the longing. There's people here that I've spoken to that have said, Corey, I don't know that there's forgiveness available for the things that I've done. I can't begin to tell you, Corey, that the things that I've seen, the places I've been. I've heard others sit there and tell me, man, Corey, I don't think God could ever love me when I know what I've done. But all of a sudden, guys, in the middle of of a weary world, in the middle of the darkest night, there was a thrill of hope. Jesus was born. He was Emmanuel. He was no longer far off, but now he was God with us. And and because of that, because Jesus is here, because, because of what he did for our lives, we can have hope. Because a new day with Christ brings exactly what we need, not not necessarily what we want, but always what we need. A a new day with Christ gives us the hope to keep going, and a new day with Christ brings you the help that you're seeking. There's a scripture in, in Romans chapter 13, Romans 13 verses 11 and 12, says the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. To not sit in the darkness, to, to not sit there and sulk in the worry, to, not, to no longer sit there and, and, and wallow in the pain, in the hurt, in the misery. It's time to wake from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. There are good, solid Christians who deal with depression. I I I want this. I'm kind of segueing here just a little bit, but but I want y'all to hear. This isn't just an issue of well, if you're saved, you shouldn't be depressed. If you're saved, you shouldn't be depressed, but it happens. Okay, it it does. It, 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 there's true hurt. There's true pain that people deal with. There's 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 professing Christians that are truly hurting, that are, that are truly walking around during these times with 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 things going through their head that, man, I, I, I'm sorry they're dealing with it. It's true depression and hurt and pain, whether it was somebody that was supposed to love you, whether it was somebody that was supposed to treat you right, or, or whether it was a job that was promises were made, or, or regardless of the situation, there's people who have professed, who, 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 who have believed in Jesus Christ, who are now at a point in time in life where they're hurting and. And we can't just sit there and turn a blind eye and pretend like it's not going on. But what I can say is I'm telling you this morning, guys, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night, I promise you, I'm telling you, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here, a new and glorious morn. Why? Because the sun will rise again. The darkness is over, and and the Son of God will rise again. The day is coming. The night is almost over. The sun always rises. The sun always rises. He's exactly what I need. He is my hope. He is everything that I'm seeking. Everything that I need. He is risen, and because he was born into a weary world, there's a thrill of hope. For yonder breaks a new, a glorious morning. Guys, I I, I pray this morning that regardless of the situation, the circumstances that you currently find yourself facing, that you would recall the mind, yet I will say to myself, great is your faithfulness. God, I know you haven't forgotten about me. I know you won't leave me. It feels like it. I don't, I don't, but Lord, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep holding. If you bow your heads with me as I as I close, as I pray, Lord God, I, I pray this morning that Father, that your your presence, your spirit, would would just fill our lives this morning. That you would minister, Lord God, through us. To us, Lord God, and, and as we worship you, as, as we exalt you, as we give you glory, Lord God, that we would be reminded that a new day with Christ, that a new day with Christ can bring more than we could ever imagine. God, I pray that your spirit would speak to us in a way that only you can, Father. Lord Jesus, that your spirit, which surpasses all understanding, would give us that peace The peace, Lord God, that that looks right into the middle of the darkness, that looks right into the middle of the hurt, that looks right into the middle of everything that's going on and recalls to mind who God is, his faithfulness, his goodness. Recalls to mind that holy night. God, I I pray that you would continue to move through your people. I I think there's people here this morning that, that, that may be going through uh, different issues and, and again I, I can't even name all the things that people deal with the darkness the weary world the hurt the pain the loss the the, the financial struggles job struggles sickness just all the different areas that people deal with darkness and and, and if you hear this morning and, and that's you look I, I I pray that you hear a story of a holy night. A story of a God whose name is Emmanuel, who's with you. He's not far off. He's not distant, but he, he hes hes with us. God, I pray for those this morning that are hurting. I acknowledge, Lord God, that man. I and I, I don't know. I don't know what it is people are, are, are dealing with. Lord God, I hear stories all the time, but, but everybody in here with their own story. And, and I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that, that they would sense a new and glorious morn is coming. That they would sense a thrill of hope, even in the middle of a weary world, Lord God. That even at this moment, spiritually, Lord God, that, that there would be a new day within their lives. That you're here, that you are Emmanuel with us now. That you are our hope, you're our redeemer, you're our savior, you are God. Lord God, I I thank you for all the ways that you strengthen us, for all the ways that you lift up our head and and bring us joy. God, I thank you, and I pray that we would see your goodness and that we would worship you for it. Guys, as I close, one thing I I, want to point out. I I think it's too easy. We, We sit here and we sing this song, O Holy Night. A song that tells us the story of Christmas. It tells us, Luke chapter 2, it's, it's biblical, it's scriptural, and, 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 but understand, it was a non-Christian that wrote this. It's very easy to know the story of Christ and not know Christ. It's easy to be able to, to sing the songs or, or repeat the, the stories and yet still not know the Savior. To not have hope. Some of you, you're seeking hope, and you're seeking in all the wrong places, and you've tried to fill the void. You've tried to fill the hurt. You've been looking all over for something to fill the emptiness, whether it be through relationships or whether it be through physical substances, and yet none of these things will fill that void, that emptiness. I'm telling you this morning, you need a relationship with Christ. Scripture says our sin has separated us from God. But the good news is, your weary world, the, 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 the things that you deal with, they can have a thrill of hope, a new and glorious morn found in the sun. His name is Jesus, the Son of God. If there's anybody here this morning, as, as I'm closing, again, if, with heads bowed, I, I'm not wanting to, to embarrass anybody, but I, I am telling you about the greatest moment that you could ever find in your life, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and, and you want a true relationship, you want hope, just raise your hand real quick. I want to be able to pray for you. Anybody across the room? Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. As well, along with those, if there's anybody here this morning and you felt like you've, you've y- yes, I, I, was, I was saved, I was born again, I, I believed, but, but I, I'm now swallowed up in that darkness, I want to pray for you too. If you feel like you're swallowed up in darkness for whatever issue, reason, whatever, if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. If you real quickly lift your hand just so I, I know who all I'm praying for. Awesome, 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 awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I see. Awesome. Guys, I, I, man, let's, let's just pray, pray with me this morning as I close. Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that you would hear our cry, that you would save us, Lord God, from our sins, that you would make us new, that you would, you would create in us a new heart. You are the salvation that we seek, the hope for tomorrow, the hope for today. Fill us, Lord God, with your spirit, so that and, and Father, I pray that, that, that we would serve you the rest of our days, Lord God, that we wouldn't get so caught up in, in the darkness, in the weariness, Lord God, but that we would look to you, our hope, our reason. We thank you for new life, Lord, this morning, we give you ours. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Guys, if you're here this morning, and, and you specifically prayed that prayer with me, please, please, please. Man, don't leave without coming up and talking to me. I'd love to be able to just, uh, man, celebrate this moment with you. There's nothing better than a relationship with Christ. There's nothing better than hope for today. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful week. We will see you tonight for our Christmas party.